Welcome to church today. Uh, my name is Johnny, if we haven't met before. Uh, I serve as one of your pastors here at First Methodist Mansfield, and I am just so pleased to be in worship with you. Uh, um, if you are here for the first time, first time in a long time, I'd love to meet you after the service. I'll be around up here, uh, and Pastor Lauren will be around uh, up front, up there in the well cafe to meet you. would love to do that. Uh, our scripture verse, so wonderfully read by Joe, thank you so much for reading that. Uh, is in John 15. So if you're going to be looking for that and want to follow along, uh, you can find that in your Bible, John 15, 1 through 8. If you're going to use one of the blue Bibles uh, that we have in both of our spaces, I believe it's on page 1676, something along those lines. The ushers are going to be coming down in both spaces uh, to hand something out. We're not taking a second offering, don't worry. Uh, It's just a handout that we will be referencing in just a little bit. So they're going to go ahead and start passing that out. You can have that. Feel free to let it distract you, uh, doodle on it or whatever this whole time. We won't really get to it till the end, So, um, but feel free to look over it as you get it. A couple of things before we get started. First off, next week is a big week, uh, Memorial Day weekend. So I know all of you have made special plans to be in church that weekend uh, because we have something very special going on here. Uh, For the first time in I don't know how long, and I've been here for quite some time, uh, we're going to be doing what's called a pulpit swap. Uh, This is something where the senior pastor of one church goes to a different church, and the senior pastor of that church comes to their church, and they basically swap pulpits, and and they preach for one another in their settings. So uh, next weekend, Pastor David, Senior Pastor David, will be heading over to Bethlehem Baptist Church to preach there for their services. And the Reverend Dr. Michael Evans will be coming to preach here at our church. Now, if you don't know Dr. Evans, Dr. Evans is a staple in this community. He serves on school board, and I think he served on city council, president of the school board. Like he is, this community is a better community because Dr. Evans is in it. Uh, serving as president of the school board, he is the, uh, the first African-American to ever serve in that position. Uh, he has been just an incredible influence in this community. And he's an amazing man and a stellar preacher. Uh, he is going to be here. I cannot wait for that. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, I've been told that first, that Bethlehem Baptist and First Methodist Mansfield are the two oldest churches in this community, uh, first off. Secondly, I've also been told that these two churches actually predate the city of Mansfield itself. Uh, they were around in the 1870s before or something, before Mansfield was founded. There, these churches were here. And to my knowledge, this is the first time that a pastor from those churches have swapped pulpits. And so this is a big, this is a big thing, and we're very excited about that. Part of that, though, is that he can only be in so many places at once, right? And we have uh, four services that happen in the sanctuary, two that happen outside of the sanctuary. So what we want to do next week, rather than uh, have a video of Dr. Evans preaching from some other location, this is something that I think would be important for us as a church to be in the room with him as he comes and visits and gives us a message. I think, it, I think it's going to be very important uh, for us as a church to do. And so what we are going to do next week, next week only at 11 o'clock, Uh, Instead of uh, having the well and the well cafe open, we will all go to the sanctuary to hear Dr. Evans preach. Now, 
What that means is, if you want to go to church at 11 o'clock, we will be in the sanctuary. Uh, we have big choir and orchestra, and, and Dr. Evans will be there in his robe, and he'll look great, and it'll be wonderful. Awesome time. If your preference is not necessarily the time, but it's the style, if you prefer something more like you're used to in the well or in the well cafe with contemporary stylings, that can happen at 9.30 or on Saturday at 6. So... Either way, Dr. Evans is going to be there, uh, but if you have a certain preference on either time or worship, uh, and all that information is on our website, you can find that. So I just want to make sure you're in the right place, but make sure you're here to, to hear that because Dr. Evans is outstanding, and I can't wait to be there with tons of note-taking apparati. Apparati? Apparatuses? It's going to work. Whatever. Next week, uh, we have that, and the week after that, we start a brand new series called Big God Big heart, which Pastor David is going to be starting for us. Now, it is wedding season. Did y'all know this? Yes. It's wedding season. Uh, I hope nobody's wedding was today. Ugh, it's rainy. Uh, but it is wedding season. And as a pastor, one of the greatest joys that I have of, uh, as, is getting to preside over weddings. Uh, I get to meet with couples. I get to um, hear their hopes and dreams for the future. I get to share a word of wisdom from Scripture. Uh, not my own, because what do I know? But I, I share words of wisdom from Scripture and get to talk with them about what they, that they dream their life together to be. It's an exciting time. And, and I often think back to uh, my own wedding and getting prepared for that and just how excited we were and how ready we feel, felt. And to look back on that, just, I mean, not even too long ago, and, and think how naive I was. And to think, like, we've done all the hard work, right? Like, we, we love each other now. And now, now, you know, we were paying all this money for this thing. You know, like, we've done the hard work. Like, and, and now, now we got to go forward. So uh, all that's not true. So uh, Dalton and Ashley, get ready. Your wedding's coming. It's got, no, y'all are great. Uh, so one of the things that I thought about whenever uh, I was thinking back toward weddings, I was thinking about, the wedding registry. Like, what a thing that is. I mean, I wish I just had that always, like the Johnny registry, like where I could just be registered at stores always and people could just find a reason to go and buy me things there. But I was thinking about the wedding. Did, did everybody do a wedding registry upstairs? Did y'all do any, any down here? Did you have a wedding registry? No? Nobody? Oh, there we go. Uh, so... It might be just me, but I'm trying to think back to the things we actually registered for and what things might actually still be in our home that we registered for and received. I, I, I think back to like, getting thing, like going through and clicking all the stuff and going online and checking all the boxes of the things that you think would be great and that you need. And, 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 and you look at it now and you're like, oh, there's the, where did we get this? Like, <laughs> what is this for? Like, what do we even, it's nothing that you actually need. It's just stuff you feel like you could need. Like so many things. I don't know. All the stuff that we have, I kept thinking, I, I don't know. This is my naivete. I, I thought we were going to be throwing fancy dinner parties like all the time. <laughs> we have this thing. We have this thing that sits on top of our cabinets. And it is a cake display. And it, it's a glass like, you know, platform with... A glass top on it. It looks like it could, should hold some like precious artifact or like a Fabergé egg or something or like 
Like, have you seen Beauty or the Beast? Like, the, the, the rose should just be in there. Like, how many times have we used that? <laughs> exactly. I think maybe once. I think maybe once. We got really fancy. We made a cake, and then we put it on top and, like, smeared the icing when we put the top on. <laughs> uh, but it sits up there. The nice thing about it is, is it's just something you use when you need it, right? Like, it's just, if we're going to have a fancy dinner party and we make a fancy cake, then we could put it on that and go, look, don't touch it. <laughs> just look at it. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, but it sits up there and it collects dust and whatever else until it's needed again. And then we bring it down and we use it. I love that cake display. I think it's amazing. We're going to find some use for it. We're going to get a Fabergé egg or something. I hear those are expensive though, but we'll get something and we'll display it in there at all times so people won't touch it. But, uh, I thought, I thought about that, and I thought about how often that happens to our faith. How all too often our faith becomes something that we just use when we need it. It's, it's something that is important to us. It's something that we pursued at some point, but then it gets shelved until something takes place in our life that requires us to use our faith in God, to seek God for something could be, you know, a disaster has taken place in our lives or tragedy has struck or suffering, which we definitely petition God in those times. It uh, could be uh, we're looking for favor. Maybe we're starting a new adventure in our life. We have something big in front of us, a new job or a new opportunity that we want to reach out and, 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 and grab a hold of. And, and we pray, we, we re-engage our faith because we hope to find favor that this is maybe part of God's will and, and God will give us the little extra oomph and favor that we need with the people that, you know, help make this happen. Or, or, or maybe we are lost and directionless. We find ourselves all of a sudden in a place where we don't know where we are or what's next. And so then we seek God again. And often when we do that, we find ourselves in a place that doesn't feel quite connected to this faith that we had once but it's just sat on the shelf collecting dust. We don't feel quite connected to it. We don't know quite how to use it. We don't, it feels awkward and distant because it just has not been engaged. It has just sat there. It hasn't really been a part of our life. When we look at John 15, uh, we find Jesus speaking with his disciples. If you have one of those Bibles that uh, does the red letters for Jesus's Words like 14, 15, 16. I mean, it's just red all over the place. Jesus is doing so much talking here. Uh, we find here in 15 a, a long uh, a part of Jesus speaking to his disciples as he is nearing the end of his time with them. John 14 is one of my favorite uh, pieces of scripture where he says, I, I am going away now. I'm going to my father's house where I will prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to go through the trouble of going and preparing a place for you, believe that I will come back for you to bring you to that place. Uh, and then we move on to this vine and the branches part. Another one that's very familiar to all of us. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard this vine and the branches deal, right? Like you've, you've heard this part. It's very, very popular imagery. And Jesus is saying that though I am going to be away from you physically, remain in me. Maybe if you read it uh, in different versions of the Bible, you've heard the word abide. Abide in me. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Some say, remain in me as I will remain 
in you. What we find here is very similar to what we read the very first week in Psalm chapter 1. This is the, the two paths wisdom, right? The ancient Jewish wisdom of two paths, right? You have one way that leads to life, one way that leads to death. One that is full, one that is empty. You have one that is bearing fruit, that is producing, that is lively, and you have one that is empty, malnourished. Jesus has that yet again here. I am the true vine, my Father is the gardener. What we do is, as the vine and the branches, is we remain connected in Jesus. When we abide in Jesus, when we remain in Christ, we are connected to the source of life. We are able to bear much fruit, but if we are disconnected from that source, it withers and dies, and then it's pruned away. We, we have often read, I know I have, often read this as like the reward-punishment thing, right? It's how we often read these two paths. Uh, um, scriptures is, well, if you do the right things, then you're rewarded with this thing. If you do the wrong things, then you are punished with this other thing. But rather, what Jesus is speaking about here is just simply the truth about what life is. Life is life, right? It's lively when it's connected to the source of life. So Psalm 1, uh, we talk about the blessed life is one that is planted, it's rooted near the source of life, near rivers and streams, right? And here, for Jesus, we, we talk about being connected to the true vine, the source of life. This is what we are. So the planted life that we've talked about is one, it is a life that is living in Jesus. It is living in Jesus. I'll get to what that means in just a minute. A life that is living in Jesus. So we talked about beginning week one with Psalm 1, that the true blessed life, the better life that we all hope to find the better life that we all seek is one that is planted. That imagery is helpful for us because too often in our time now that things should be immediate and instant. We should be able to just get what we want when we want it and it should help us uh, live a better life. But what scripture tells us, what ancient scripture tells us, what has been true all of this time is that the truly better things in life is the life that is planted and rooted, that it has time to mature and grow. It is a life that takes time. It abides there near the source of life. It remains there. It dwells there. It endures there. And it grows there. And it bears fruit. It's not something that can jump around from thing to thing. That life is empty. That life gets blown around like chaff. That's the one that withers and dies. But Jesus says here, the planted life is the one that is rooted there, the one that is connected to the true vine. That's what we talked about week one. Week two, we talked about beliefs as part of that. Part of our understanding of planting seeds in our life for the better life is to, uh, to understand, to examine those, those stories in our life that guide our life. The stories that we, that we believe, the things that that we know about this world, about ourselves, and about God that help guide the way we live. We talked about beliefs uh, in God as, uh, as something that we understand um, too often as God being distant or, or judgmental or against us in some way, ready to punish. But instead, we look to Jesus for who God is. So when I say things like the planted life is the life that is living in Jesus— we look at all three of these things as things that are in Jesus, right? Our beliefs, 
our belief about God, our belief about God is not marked by our own thoughts about God, but it is marked by how Jesus thinks about God. When we read scripture, we see Jesus telling stories about God, living in a way that is godly. And so we look to Jesus as the best example for who God is. And when we shape those stories, those narratives about who God is around who Jesus is, we begin to plant the healthiest seeds possible about what it means to believe in God. That shapes everything about us. The second week we talked about practices. We talked about the things in our lives that we do to rehearse those beliefs, to reinforce and re-engage those beliefs in our lives, to help plant them in our hearts deeply. Practices that we see Jesus doing, often stealing away to quiet places to pray, often reading scripture, uh, meeting with people to to talk about scripture and argue about scripture and, and wrestle with scripture together. Jesus serving people, reaching out and being selfless and and, and generous. These practices that we do in our life that that mimic the things that Jesus did help reinforce and and re-engage those practices. And that way we begin to rehearse those practices out in the world. And then last week we talked about community. A community that we see Jesus build as one of the very first things that he does is bringing 12 people in to walk with him and to talk with him, to live life, to share life together, to engage life with one another. And that as being one of the key things in our better life that we seek. Because beliefs aren't enough. Uh, Beliefs alone, we we grow distant without our practices. And so we practice to, to remain close to those things. But if that's not enough, we grow weary and we have a hard time enduring. We don't have the endurance to, to maintain and to persevere without the community that will support us, that will surround us. So all of these things, the planted life is living in Jesus. We believe uh, the things that Jesus taught us. We, we practice the things that we see Jesus practicing, and we engage in deep community as we see Jesus do that. All of that comes to this culminating point about what it means to be a person of faith about what it means to be a Christian. What we have learned as we engage scriptures around this idea of the planted life is that faith is not a thing at all. Faith isn't a thing. It's it's something we do. It's a way of life. I'm I'm so guilty of this. Too often we talk about faith as as a noun. It's this thing to possess. It's this thing at some point that you get, right? And then you put it in your pocket and you use it when you need it. But rather, I think faith is more a way of living. It's a verb. It's a, it's a way of walking. It is a way of abiding. It's a way of dwelling. It's a way of enduring. It's, it's a way of life that engages more than just a, a thing we possess, uh, Frederick Buechner is one of my favorite people. I quote him all the time, and he talks about faith in this way, that too often we think of faith as this comfy armchair, that once you get one, like, you have it now. And when you've had an extra rough day, it is, uh, there's nothing better than finding that big, comfy armchair and just slipping into it and being there and just resting there. 
but rather he talks about faith as this way of moving. It's a movement. It's stepping out onto the drawbridge that looks so shaky going from here to there. But you've heard over and over again that you can trust it. It is sturdy. It will hold you. And yet you look all around at, the, at the, the cavern below and it looks so scary. But when you step out there and you begin to get out onto that bridge and you realize it will hold you, it will take you over to where that better life is. Faith is something, it's, it's not necessarily believing in something. It's believing into something. Think about that. When, when you have faith, it's not necessarily, I believe in this thing. It's, it's not hard to believe in this thing because it's right here. I see it. I can turn its pages. But believing into something. Believing into something has movement to it. It is constantly pressing in. It's pursuing something. So when we read scripture we, like this with the vine and the branches, and Jesus says, remain in me. What Jesus is pushing against with his disciples is is not to have this experience about what faith is and just let it be that, and then you can draw on it from time to time when, 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 uh, when life gets rough, but rather remain in me. Keep pursuing this life that we have already been pursuing together. Lean into it. Engage it always. That is how we grow. That is how we mature. That is what it means to be planted near the source of life. So you have this handout with you here. uh, And I want to draw your attention to that real quick. If you uh, are subscribed to the first 15, it is a daily devotional guide that we write here uh, in the church. And it is emailed out to you um, every day. Uh, And what we hope for people to do is in the very first 15 minutes of their day, whenever that first 15 minutes starts, but the first 15 minutes of your day uh, is going to be spent in scripture uh, and in prayer. And so you'll have in that first 15 daily scripture reading, um, a little reflection from one of our pastors, whoever wrote the first 15 that week, and there's going to be a prayer to cap it off. Something we've started doing a couple weeks ago, for those of you that are subscribed to that, you might have noticed that every Saturday you're getting a survey that looks very much like this. The hope that we have uh, for this survey and this handout uh, is it is a sort of evaluation because one of the things that we understand um, about this idea of abiding and pursuing this better life, it's one thing to talk about practices and, and, and beliefs and, and community. But once you've got all of those things, once you have, you know, I've signed up and I'm in a small group now. Okay, great. Uh, I have these practices. I do daily first 15 and I, I'm starting this prayer life thing. It's awkward, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there and, and it's getting less awkward by the day. You know, I, I'm working on engaging Christ and what, what it is I believe about God. I've got all those things now, but now what? Now what do I do with it all? And how do I get to those places that we're talking about? Well, one of the ways we know is to continually engage our own soul and our own spirit on how we are pursuing those things together. So this, this survey this is, is, is exactly that. It's a way for you to sort of self-evaluate. It is something that you can get in your email every Saturday um, uh, through this summer that will ask you very much the same questions. 
and that allows you to look in and, and ask yourself where you are on these scales. And, and what the hope of this is, this isn't like a, a checklist. This isn't a way to grade yourself. This isn't like something that we get as pastors and we know which emails, right, like completed the thing. We're like, oh, so-and-so's not doing their first 15. Let's, like, let's send them some emails about that, right? Like that, that, that's not what it is. This is, real, this is yours. This is a tool for you. To continue to lean in, to push forward in your faith, to continue to engage and as a way of remaining and abiding, abiding in the things that we have been pursuing over these few weeks. My hope and, and the hope of all of the, uh, the pastors and staff here, my hope is that everybody, including ourselves, will find this tool as, as something that is useful for us to look deep within ourselves but where it is that we are uh, thriving in our faith and where it is that we are lacking. I heard Pastor David mention in the last uh, service, he was talking about this dust collector. He has a dust collector too. Ours is a, a, a cake display. He said he has one and it's in his bathroom uh, and it's called a scale. And <laughs> he said it. I didn't say it. He said it. And he said that uh, it collects dust because he, it's hard to use it. Not because he doesn't know how. But sometimes it's a lot easier just to not know. You know, it's just a lot, it's just a lot easier just to not know, just to leave it. And, and just kind of keep doing whatever it is we feel like is working at the time. The point of evaluations like this is not to make ourselves feel bad. It's not to shame ourselves. Actually, in some places, hopefully, it will be an encouragement as you see that this faith thing and pursuing faith, in some ways, isn't as hard as we make it out to be. And many of us are doing much better than we think we are. But there's also some areas that get lost and hidden in the back that might push us forward not as a way of shaming and saying, like, I can't believe you weren't doing these things, but as a way of saying, oh, my, I never thought of that as being a way to engage my faith. I'm going to do that. And when that new door opens up, we find new growth in our life because we are engaging in new practices. That's the hope. So as each of you, I hope, will engage this uh, week in and week out, what I, what I hope is that not only is this a way to shine a light on some of the dustier, darker places to, to pull that cake topper up off the shelf or, or slide the scale out from underneath the, the cabinets. But as a way to give yourself grace and allow the Holy Spirit to move within you as you pursue this better life, as we all pursue it together, but as you search your own soul for it. And there will be places that you find where you are abiding in Christ that you never knew. And there will bring you hope and joy and encouragement. And there will also be places that you'll see where a little pruning is needed. Where life has become so busy and hectic that we can't pursue these other things. We can't abide in these other things that we know give us life. But there just hasn't been room. That's my prayer for all of us as we seek this better life together. That it is as complex as we have made it over the past five weeks, but it is also as simple as Jesus' words. Remain in me as I remain in you. 
Let's pray together. Holy God, we thank you for this time of worship together, this time of singing your praises. We also thank you for this time of searching your scriptures, for your truth, God, that not only refines us, God, but encourages us with your grace and love. That as we seek to remain in you, God, we know that you are already remaining in us, that you dwell within us. Help us, God, as we go forward from this day, from this series, God, that we know better how to pursue the better life because we know that it is rooted, it is grounded, it is connected in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.